Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mega Success Podcast, where we explore all sides of the business truth here. The idea is to actually go vertical on business issue rather than horizontal means go deep. My co-host is Francie. She's also my CEO, and a lot of you wanted more podcasts, so we're going to try to do more. How are you, Pac? How are you? I'm, I'm good, and I can't wait for us to get into the topics today. What are we? Yeah, I was be very discussing? angry, and if you guys go on YouTube and you type in uh, JT Fox Great Resignation, I did a, a video on YouTube and, and showcased my anger on a threat to entrepreneurism, so we won't talk about it here, uh, but we will talk about that's, it. Uh, it's funny because that's what I was just listening to when we uh, started this. Not well, that, I, I, but yeah, we're under, well, here's the thing, topic. entrepreneurs are under attack. I mean, it's, it's just we're under attack and I, I just, we need a, we need some kind of something's going to happen in the market and it will happen. I mean, it's not going to go. It's like a time bomb. I feel like it's a ticking time bomb right now and that everything is crazy. Like even the first topic, Walmart is trying to get into the metaverse now preparing. And, um, for those who are at CS in Vegas, it's kind of like you can go shopping and people walking out with a TV and it just, it's so crazy. And you have Nike who's filing a slew of trademark applications. They're trying to get to the uh, metaverse as well for the average entrepreneur right now, who are, by the way, starting their business or growing, do they need to even think about this metaverse or it's just like this really big buzzword. And traditionally, sometimes things that sound stupid end up being great. And then some things that sound great end up being really stupid at the end of all. Uh, if you really take a look at it, the Google glasses, they never really took off and it might've been early into the process, but just seems that we're talking a lot about the metaverse. And I think this world needs to be fixed. Maybe the metaverse, I can hire whoever I want and, and it's going to be amazing and people are going to work. So maybe people are just trying to escape the world that we're in now. I just... <laughs> Here's the thing. If I go into the metaverse and buy a television, if I'm, I understand it, but it's just like, so if I go into the Walmart metaverse or the Nike store and buy a pair of shoes, did I actually buy a pair of shoes or did my avatar just buy a pair of shoes? But did my real person, me also get those shoes? Mm, that's true too. But I, even I mean, I just, that's what I'm like. What does it matter what my avatar does in a pretend world that is pretend? Where are we? Anyway. By the way, people pretend they're more successful than they are in this world. So why would they? I know. Go- that's what I'm saying. Like, people are already bullshit artists to the extreme. So now let's just create a world that is inherently fake. So. I just, it, I don't know. It blows my well, mind. Ralph Lauren just said, but I, Ralph Lauren just did some breaking news here. I'm reading it as, as we go. They're saying that the way for them to go with the CEO, uh, uh, Patrice Louvet says going into the metaverse is a way of getting younger um, buyers and making their brand more relevant. But isn't it that brand that younger people that don't want to buy anything, they're minimalists and don't want to, everything is small. Everything is downsized. So I just, I think people just like saying the word metaverse, like I'm working on the metaverse and NFTs. Well, what kind of NFTs? NFTs. No, no, I understand. NFTs that go into the metaverse. Right. And also too, followed by an army of monkeys. And NFTs in the metaverse, in the metaverse. 
with a monkey on the blockchain. Hold on. That's encrypted. I just drew a monkey and it just sold for a hundred thousand ETH. And so the I mean I feel like we shouldn't be making fun of it because I'm sure it is the future of things. But like my thing is like I'm personally it's like I'm trying to detach, right? And JC, you know this. We just talked about this before we got on here. You're making content for YouTube, for social media. We're doing these different lives on different audios on different days of the week and different times. And it's like when I have an hour, I want to detach. I don't want to now virtually go into another made up world that's going to be having to do whatever you're going to do inevitably it's going to happen and we're going to have to do it and it is what it is but if i'm like a new business back to your original question because we way digress there um if i'm a new business and i am starting and i'm sitting in front of my computer at my desk day one month one maybe even year one i don't think your initial thing has to be, how does my business adapt to the metaverse if you don't even have a business yet that's making you money or to the scale that you want it to be? Now, I think, you know, where we're at, JT, I'm not sitting here investing my whole day and weeks and months of time on how do we go into the metaverse, but yeah. A hundred percent. I've thought about it. Does this mean, you know, we could essentially hold a virtual, not virtual zoom, but a metaverse event where people that want to attend could attend from all over the world and could all be in one room where you could essentially be doing your presentation to all of these people in, you know, a curated virtual space. Yeah. I mean, possibly is, does that sound like a possible adaptation for us? A hundred percent. Am I trying to now go to Walmart in the metaverse? Like not particularly, but I'm well, sure you have to people will. Take a look at who's going to Walmart right now, right? The demographics of the people. And I Hide think, from you. well, yes, I do go to Walmart. I do think it's a, it's a great way. I like to roll back prices, but if you really take a look at it, we're just in a situation where people, it takes time to change people's habits, right? Just like we talked about last show, the idea of like, oh, I have a crypto wallet, but a lot of people who are on stable income are not going to want to switch over to that because of the fluctuating nature of crypto, right? One day might have a thousand in my account, the next day could be 800, and the next day could be 12. And that's a lot of stress there. But I think part of the, 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 the part of the problem is we live in a world that Everybody wants to go into another world than they are. And the grass is not always greener on the other side. And there's still a lot of like, for example, we still haven't even adopted the use of using Oculus, right? Like I have still have yet to do the virtual reality with the goggles. I have yet to do that. I, I really don't have the idea of going like, it doesn't really appeal to me. And I own a lot of businesses and I, I don't, I, I see when people five years ago in crypto, right? Everybody in the world was crypto. They all got wiped out. Everybody was into real estate and then in 08, it crashed, right? So like there's people who get in, like I know a lot of people that are have no money, not making any money and in theory should work on their business. And they're talking like, I'm a specialist in NFTs and, and it's just like a buzzword. And I think people are using that to their advantage. I'm gonna be doing a YouTube video on the pump and dump. I did a lot of research on Twitter and see some of the posts and where the treads were leaving. And it's pretty clear 
that this is an inside job. Not all of them, but but some of them. And I know Gary Vee is very clear on his take on NFTs that 98% is going to go out of business. But he's not really calling out the people that are scamming as well, or his position is, I don't care. No, but I mean, we've known Gary Vee for a while. That's not his, his personality is to not to call people out. So I'm not surprised on that. You know, that that's, that's in line, I feel like with how, but but, but isn't it say if someone tells me that 98% of NFTs are going to fail, which is what he's saying, right? I would then be like cautious, but I don't think it resonates because things like everybody's a billionaire. Now everybody's got money. Allegedly. I think it's just created this world of giant fugazi and where it's not real. I think people are living in their own metaverse. Now they think they're more successful. They haven't paid the taxes. They haven't had the success. They'll buy Forbes fake cover magazine to pretend to be successful. They'll lie on their profiles on their social media as well. And they haven't done it and nobody checks anymore. And there's another part. I'm really frustrated at the amount of people that I know that people seem to have authority that are buying likes followers. And now I'm checking their YouTube account and they're actually literally buying followers and views and nobody's saying anything. And maybe I have to do that. Maybe I do a channel, but it'll probably backlash on me if I call out these fugazis. And the idea is that JT, um, well, why don't you just focus on you? Well, you know, here's the problem. If nobody says anything, it becomes the norm and someone's going to be taken advantage of. And so, and then are you going to take responsibility or is it buyer beware? And it is a new reality. Fake, it is the new real. <laughs> it well, is fake is the new real fugazi is the I new mean, real yeah i just you know when it comes to social unfortunately there is a business to be made there because unfortunately that is the value that people place on themselves and each other is how many followers do you have right and i think none of that changes until people change and to like at the end of the day that is the problem right so now let's just say tomorrow no more fake followers were bought well now it's you are where you are and all these people that have already bought them it's like oh you have all these followers and then someone that didn't didn't and unfortunately it's not hard to do Pack, i think it's fraudulent think misrepresentation it's and I, I think why just listen to my point i here. mean i i if I went to court, I if I went, to, no, no, pack. If I went to court, early, yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, to me. if I went to court and said I bought this product, this service, on the basis that this person was a big social media influencer or successful person, and they lied about that, that's that. I mean, buying fake followers in theory is a misrepresentation. It's just like saying, you know, I've done it X is. and I haven't done it. It is, but it reminds me of your story. What you make fun of, right? Of having the fake car key. Yeah. Right? That unfortunately, it's all the people that have the fake car key or drive the expensive car to the meeting or have the fake watch that they wear or whatever because you're trying to exude something that is your something else other than you not you're than what you actually are and i think unfortunately followers are just an extension of that so like that is my point though of 
until that perception, right? I mean, and we talk about it all the time. We've talked about it at the airport. If you walk up to the ticket counter wearing a suit, you get treated differently than you're, than if you're in sweats. Are you the same person? Yeah. But you get people are treated to, responded to differently based on certain things. So until that fundamentally changes, which I don't see it changing anytime soon, you're going to have people doing that because they're trying to elevate themselves. Now, I've never been a fan of buying. I don't, I've never been a fan of buying followers, likes, comments, views on anything. The only time I was, you know, on board was in the early days of Facebook when you needed a few, like, I think you needed, you used to need a few thousand people on your business page before you could run ads or something. There was something you needed to have on your business page before you could actually do something. So way back when it made sense. And I want to say it was like 500. So it wasn't like hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands. It was very nominal. Um, nominal amount. So it made sense at that point because then it was a couple hundred followers and then you were able to do things on, on Facebook from a business perspective, but it was still a couple hundred. So I don't know. I just think it's, I still am not a supporter of it. I don't know why people do it. And it well, drives me crazy. You can't be a supporter of it, but the, the other part too is that the social media Every one of our followers would see our post. Maybe it'd be different, but that's another story for another day. All right, new story. A college dropout builds a $19 billion fortune after nixing banking. So Guillaume Pouzaz from Checkout.com is now valued at $40 billion. The online firm just raised over a billion dollars in its latest round. This guy, Guillaume, studied economics in college in his native Switzerland with the hope of becoming an investment banker. His father got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, so he took care of them dropped off in his final year and then he went to the u.s to work for a payment processing company and uh, now he's raised a billion dollars including uh, tiger global management qatar investment authority and so it's not really making any money it's opening up offices around the world you know it's interesting i i think there's this is another example it's tripled in value during uh you know the pandemic uh, online checking uh, great name checkout.com so my question to you is we adopted in our company, and that's driven by me, profit first, then grow second, right? So how can we be more profitable? Which, by the way, has led me to be all over the world, have a lot of businesses, and got me to where I am here today. But I was listening to something like Gary Vee this morning, just out of curiosity. And I was thinking of other companies that we're, we're involved with, where the idea was, you know, we don't care about making money. We'll make, we want to have little margins, kind of like Amazon, and then we're going to grow, 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 and we're going to get big, and then boom, for the mother score. And so I have been mentally debating, is it better for entrepreneurs to do that or do it the way that I did? Well, unfortunately, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on this one because- There is. I mean, you haven't had my answer yet. No, but like here, here's, here's the scenario, right? Unfortunately, if you are one of these companies like checkout.com and you're getting a bunch of investors and VC capital and whatever, 
usually those type of companies, which doesn't make sense to me, but they are usually fueled and want growth and expansion over profitability, which doesn't quite make sense to me of why people investing want to see growth over profit, but that tends to be the case with a lot of, you know, a lot of companies that raise a lot of money like that. Um, as an individual, I mean, I would go for profit because that means you're actually making money, right? Because essentially this guy is valued at all this money, but then you look at someone like, you know, you look at Elizabeth Holmes who was valued a, a ton of money with, you know, basically a fake company, not a fake. I mean, the company was legit, but it didn't do anything that they said they were going to. And her net worth and the valuation of the company was sky high and then comes out, oh, we can't actually do any of this. And overnight, poof, it's all gone because there wasn't actual profit and money in the company because it was all a fugazi essentially. So I think you also look at some of these big companies where it's like, yeah, it's valued really high, but his net worth might be whatever based on the valuation of the company, but he doesn't actually have those funds. He doesn't have the money that he can invest in something else. He can't diversify into something else. He can't do anything else because it's valuation based off of, quite frankly, I don't even know what these companies get valued off of without profitability. So I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit insane, but it's kind of the market place that is being curated and the way people are building, which, you know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You can be valued at this crazy valuation and be negative and you have to keep raising capital because you're burning the capital that like that math doesn't make sense to me as an individual, but clearly it makes sense to a whole whole bunch of people out there because they well they here's the, the, the majority of, of businesses fail the majority of businesses fail and i think when people have kids mortgages and a lot of ideas don't make it and so i think this notion and i think people just think that they're just going to have all this money and burn and there's a lot of money sitting on the sideline there it's just, for example, the fundamentals of business would be like, okay, how much money is this going to make? I mean, Uber still doesn't make money. Look at the valuation of Uber as well. So I think the problem is that a lot of these VCs are like trying to swing for the fences and there's a lot of carnage. There's a lot of businesses that don't make it. I mean, I talked to a company, an app yesterday, and they had 1,500 subscribers and their valuation, they said was $40 million. I mean, because they raised about a million dollars. The world doesn't make sense. And if people can't see that there's a potential like volcano, then um, I don't know. I think it's just it's just becoming more and more crazy uh, to that, too, as well. So my advice to you, I'd say focus on profit, then maybe a second, third or fourth company you do. Then you can focus on the big picture. Like we know, I know we're involved in very big companies uh, and people. So I know it's frustrating. So last one is Kosovo Bitcoin miners are selling their equipment after government uh, ban. So miners in northern Kosovo benefit from really cheap electricity. The crackdown powers affects uh, millions of people, as people are now saying. Crypto mining takes a lot of power. And so uh, a lot of banning uh, around the world on crypto mining. And that is a threat because that is how uh, it's still made. Solar is still not reliable. I know people are trying to use renewable energy, but it hasn't done it at a mass scale as well. The crypto prices kind of go up and down, up and down, up and down. 
is it going to take a major issue to make people? I, I see. I, here's what I think. People always say the biggest threat is regulation, right? And at this point, I think cryptocurrency may be too big to fail in theory. So I, I don't think it's going to be banned. I think it's too big to fail. But if there was ever some kind of a terrorist attack where they use cryptocurrency or some bad effect, people would jump all over that. And I think the, the biggest threat right now is, is cryptocurrency a currency? Just like another topic to merge into this all into one, NFTs. The IRS in America still hasn't ruled about what, what is an NFT and should be how people pay taxes on it. So there's a lot of people treating and, and you know, money changing accounts. Is it traded like no, income, which could be at a minimum 36% and then whatever state? Is it treated as artwork or stock, which should be at 18, 20%? Again, no ruling of any sort, which creates confusion, which then creates, you know, the, the, the volatility of the market. So I know I said a lot of there, but it's all kind of lumped in together. Why? Because I just said so. Um, well, I think the challenges in the crypto space is you kind of had a big, uh, obviously Bitcoin has been around for, for, you know, a bit now. And, you know, you have Ethereum that's been around for a little while. You had that boom where everyone kind of similar to the NFTs right now, where everyone was trying to sell a coin, right? There was all these ICOs and this person had a coin and this celebrity was a spokesperson for that coin. And I don't, I don't know that any of those coins are really even around anymore. So I think the challenge with crypto is like, yes, people can buy things with it. You, you know, you can utilize it certain places, but it's not every, every cryptocurrency. It's, it's pretty much Bitcoin is the main one. And then there is, well, I think Ethereum is the main one. Yeah. Ethereum. Right. I think, well, I think, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum are kind of the two. So what about all these other cryptos? I don't know. As far as, you know, the NFTs, I think, I think there is a lot to regulation, you know, should things be regulated? Should they not be regulated? The point comes though, I think at some point when you're dealing with money, it's really hard to keep the government out of it. And not just the US government, governments around the world, right? Because they, at the end of the day, they, they're, they all want money and they tax, tax their citizens and want to make sure they're getting their piece of things. So Bitcoin's, you know, we've even seen in the U.S. Wasn't it last? Was it last year? The year before, where it started, where it started becoming, um, there started to be tax implications with Bitcoin, which there hadn't been yeah. prior, right? So things like that are going. It's still, still a gray area, though. It's still a gray area, but it, right, it's still a gray area. But that's it's going to be a gray area for a while, and it's something. I think it's hard though, because so many people are trying to take advantage of the space, right? So like with NFTs, people are trying to take advantage of the space because it's a hot topic. With crypto, people are trying to take advantage of the space. And it's really hard sometimes for people to understand, is this a good opportunity? Is it not? Um, just today, somebody had what was kind of a crypto-esque um, pitch of an opportunity and was kind of bringing it as like, you know, I don't know if this is a good opportunity or not. And I don't know 
what are the holes or what are the questions or what do I need to be asking? And I think that's a little bit of the challenge. There's probably a lot of people out there that can get presented one of these opportunities by somebody that's very good at selling and boom, you have something that now it's, it's challenging for, you know, someone can lose a whole bunch of money because it's not regulate, you know what I mean? It's, it's not, um, kind of managed by anyone, but times, you know, everything kind of shakes out over time. And I know you said this was our last topic, but are we really not going to continue to follow our oh, tennis? Go ahead. So, so Novak Djokovic, uh, after losing an appeal, uh, and then went, uh, basically being yanked by the health minister, or minister of immigration he was basically detained for basically a week. got re-detained and they threw him out because they thought it would be insurgent of anti-vaxxers basically and by the way to be honest with you if he allowed the to get him there i think it would have been people wouldn't have got vaccinated and they would have revolted so they really had no choice to throw him out but now he just landed in belgrade earlier this morning um and by the way here's a threat here's interesting probably won't be able to play at the french open won't be able to play say, at the British Open and won't British sorry, Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or the U.S. Open. They're all places that need to be vaccinated. So that is going to be a pretty big debate. And the French are like, so, really crack it down. The French are like, ah, you do not want to get vaccinated. I want to. So uh, the French, yeah. Positive. So that is that is the big topic, which I have to say, maybe life is a little bit more fair than <laughs> I thought it was. Um, but I will also say it is telling that it took them a week, maybe more than a week, to make that decision, right? So just this telling that yeah, the there was system. all this- they went to the legal system and he won. And no, but like... they're just telling that there's all this debate because you know there's more, more things going on behind the scenes of where, you know, France is already saying, you're not vaccinated, you're not playing. Um, but then also said- that, you know, that tournament is not for a couple of months. It's not for a few months now and things may change. What I think is interesting though, also is in Australia, cause they have probably been the country that's like one of the most cracked down of anywhere um, in the world with COVID. I saw this morning that they were going from like a thousand cases today or a, a thousand cases per day to now all of a sudden in Australia, the number of cases has skyrocketed, um, which is also just, it's not funny. It's, you know, I'm, it's not that I don't take COVID seriously, but it's like, we're arguing over if this tennis player can play or not, cause he's not vaccinated and whatever, but clearly something else is going on in the country because they've been one of the countries that well, that's because the minute they got, people got vaccinated, they found out people vaccinated can get it. So, you know, like we are vaccinated, we get the, right. No, but so. I'm saying they've been the country that's been pretty much like having a couple of cases in cities in a day and now it's just you know skyrocketing the numbers well, the, but the, I think, the, the irony for me is that people are but saying do you think this this pushes him to get vaccinated i do you think, think the guy i think the guys here's the thing too i think he's hard-headed i think if he does i think they'll call him a sellout and i actually think he's gonna hold the ground because he probably would have done it already because obviously of what he well, does well that's what i I think he's stuck. I think now he can't get vaccinated. Yeah, but here's the thing too. He is one way away. By the way, he lost a lot of money. He could have won. If he would have won, he probably would have won 2.8 million Australian dollars. It's a lot of money as well. So 
uh, it's a matter of principle. So um, I don't know. It just, it just, you know, his personality is one that is very kind of dickish a little bit, what people say. So, but, you know, listen, he believes what he believes, but there's got to be consequences. So people attack me. Oh, JT, you're vaccinated. Blah, blah, blah. How you could do Well, I wouldn't be able to go anywhere. Wouldn't be go to Canada. Wouldn't be go to a restaurant. Wouldn't be able to travel. So, you know, if, you, if you're in Florida, then you have a choice. Although, truth be told, one of our clients just passed away from COVID. I don't know if you saw that my post that I did on Facebook. And um, 45 years old. I don't know what the status was, if they were vaccinated or unvaccinated. I don't know. Uh, I heard uh, there wasn't, but then I didn't hear it directly. So it was third hand, but it's, it's serious. It's, tragic. it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad because it's, I, I remember talking to him during the pandemic. I, on well, a Zoom. Even that, it's just, it's just, it's really sad. Vaccinated or unvaccinated aside that I, and I know I have, and I think you have too, based on people, you know, that have gotten COVID and it's just very, it's not predictable. You can have people in a house living together. One person gets incredibly sick. Another person just doesn't get it, period. You can have people with very minor symptoms, other people, and there doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to who gets it, who doesn't get it, how sick they get. You know, in theory, with the vaccine, if you do get it, it's, you know, at least lesser symptoms. But I do think it is interesting now that the narrative is basically changed to you're going to get it. Yeah. It's just a it's matter basically of basically now you're going to get it. By the way, we're four minutes for we're late for a meeting pack. We're four four minutes late for a meeting because then we gotta go on Twitter spaces. But which, we've gotta give the people what they we want. We gotta get what they want. So by the way, we're inviting to everybody. If you go, there's a link coaching or business with JT Fox 2X. Or go to my Instagram. You'll see the link. Coaching or business with JT Fox. We should probably just change that that link because it's insanely long. Um, but if you go to my Instagram or see in the links in the comment, click on it. I'll let you attend my network. Uh, billionaires, multimillionaires, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten-figure entrepreneurs doing business together. Come watch us. Come participate. I love fans, but I prefer doing business. Or if you like some free coaching from me, so it would be my pleasure to get to know this amazing audience and do us one favor, Francie. This is your time to shine. <laughs> This is my time. This is my moment. Leave us comment, review, give us five stars, send us messages, let us know what you like, what you don't like, or if there's topics you want us to talk about. So make sure um, also to share with a friend that may get value or maybe entertain from our bickering back and forth. I know it's hard to press the button to, to give us five star. I know it's hard. The more comments, the more engagement, the more we'll do. That's it. No BS. Mega success. Both sides, which is our side. And then you decide whatever you want to decide. That's why we love you as well. Make sure you also check out megasuccess.com so we can see each other live. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time.